Ladies and gentlemen, we've reached the halfway point of Doctor Who, The Flux, or as everyone in the show seems to pronounce it, The Flux, uh, with their beautiful northern accents. This is Who's Raven On, the Raven On Doctor Who subsection podcast recap thingy, featuring me, Natalie Bohensky, someone who is absolutely not confused, and who is looking to a man who will helpfully explain exactly why people are carrying Tamagotchis in the 35,000th <laughs> universe or something. It's Stuart Late. Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. Now, look, I can't promise that I could explain anything <laughs> that you've just seen. Uh, Come on, Stuart. That's, that's Stuart. far too much to lay on my shoulders, but I'll Stuart, do my best. I'm relying on you, Stuart. <laughs> I finished the episode and went, thank goodness I'm about to podcast with Stu because I've got no idea what I mostly just watched. Well, actually, I, I found that really interesting and we'll get into this, but I, I, I saw a lot of confusion online. A lot of people were very, like, confused. And yet it's a Chris Chibnall script, so... He basically explains everything you need to know by yeah. having the characters say it out loud yes. in front of you. There was a bit where the Doctor is hanging in the middle of time and space, yes. surrounded yeah. by the giant Moori going, wait, I'm bullet being pulled back in time again, back to me in the past. There was cut even, to her there was in even, the past. There was even, yeah, cut to her in the past. There's even um, insert uh, voiceover in, in those bits where they haven't even got it on the day. They've gone, you know what we need is more exposition. <laughs> I think I, I think it was just the sheer volume of content yes. coming at you and the, and it was quick and here. I, I, I feel like I did sink into it. I know I'm joking about being confused, but I feel like I sort of got it by the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not, it's not, it's doing a lot of things, but the underlying story isn't that complicated, I think. That's right. It's literally just, it's kind of almost a um, escape room thing. We're trapped. Sure, yeah. We have to get out of the escape room. It just happens to be that the escape room is a timey, wimey, flibbly, flobbly, fluxy passage through space. It's, you know, there's a lot of disco lights in there. People are jumping through their timelines. For some reason, Yaz is showing up a lot <laughs> in her own timeline as well as in Vinda's timeline. It's almost like they were limited in the amount of actors they could have on set yeah. at any one time. <laughs> so they, uh, oh, that's right. Yes, yep. it was all COVID. That, Everyone that's, is very... That's literally why this is happening, Natalie. You must understand. Yeah. This isn't a creative decision. Chris Chibnall would have had other actors in there if he could have done that. They just were like, no, you have a limited number of actors, so make it work. Yeah, that does make sense. Okay, so I'm going to briefly attempt to talk about the uh, plot. <laughs> the, the plot? Question um, mark. <laughs> well, do we want to do we want and to do then, the minute challenges? I mean, I do. I just want to do a very quick summary okay. Steve, for people please, listening. Please, please have at it. So after the well, we have a name for them now. They're called the Ravagers. This is yes. Swarm and Azua are the Ravagers. They were trying to kill Yaz with Muri energy, something, something. <laughs> At the end of last episode, there was a click and it turns out the Doctor has been able to redirect the power through her because she's a Time Lord so she can do that. Sure. I mean, that but tracks it, with what we've seen. Like, but it yeah. means, yeah, no, no, I'm just, I'm literally just, I'm not speaking no, no, in totally, a way to yeah. go, this is dumb. I'm literally, my brain is trying to process and, <laughs> and use words that explain what I think I saw. Yes. So I'm not trying to be patronizing. I'm just trying to be somewhat eloquent. <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> the time force, time storm, it's a time storm, Stu, and they're shot off into their time streams, which keep kind of flicking around a bit. And the doctor has to try to work across multiple crises in time to bring them all back to the same space so they can defeat the ravages. But by doing that, which seems a bit of an oversight. They said, ah, you've done exactly the same thing you did in the past. So we've now stopped you by throwing in an extra loop, a uh, loophole, something, something. Mm -hmm. Also, it turns out Vinda has a girlfriend. Uh, that, sorry, that's a spoiler if you haven't watched the episode yet. <laughs> There's this character who's introduced that you're like, well, she's obviously got a, an intention. Never seen her before, but she's, you know, a cute, plucky young thing. So let's be on her side, and she has a Tamagotchi. And then there's another random person who gets introduced who seems to know the Doctor, and she doesn't know them. And then it ends with the resolution to that story, but somehow the Ravagers get away, or don't. I actually can't remember. And then the Weeping Angels take over the TARDIS at the end, and it's like, oh, no, what's going to happen next week? And they drop one of one of the most fan-servicey lines I've ever seen. 
in, in this show, which is uh, The Angel Has the TARDIS, which if you'll remember, Natalie, is a, is a Blink reference. There was a, a line in Blink, the angels, yeah. have the, the angels have the phone box, which is quite a, quite a famous line in, in Doctor Who fandom, and there was, it's on T-shirts it? and things. Yeah, it is. The angels have the phone box. The angels have the phone box, which is from Blink. But there's um, no, the TARDIS is a police box. Uh, yeah, but, you know, like it's a, yeah, it's a phone box. Or the police box. Maybe it might be, it might be the angels have the police box. I can't remember. But Okay, it's, so it's, I've, I've, missed, I've missed that famous line uh, and but, I'm sorry, nerds. Yeah, it, I, I apologise. It's a thing within fandom and this was a weird, cack-handed reference to it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's, I did wonder why there was a very declarative statement there. And woo! <laughs> So, well, that, um, that is a cool cliffhanger. I mean, let's 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 be honest. Like you know, oh, the, the weeping angel. Um, they've been doing jump. the cliffhangers well. I feel this. this yeah, season. It actually, they've been doing it pretty well. At the very least, they've kind of made you keep your interest peaked for what's going to happen. What crazy shit are they going to throw at us next week? <laughs> so, Stu, let's do the minute challenge then with my my own cack handed attempt at at, at, a, at a summary. <laughs> um, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I can go first. So the first item on my list is Joe Doctor is is back, uh, which yes. was great. Love that. Love yes. that. You know, I did the think of you, are, Stu. I thought Stu will be very happy by this. I'm extremely twist. happy. I love the Joe Doctor. Um, she's great. And Does she have a name apart? Because I just I wrote that on my list too. Like Joe Martin Doctor was fun. I think she she gets referred to as the Fugitive Doctor a lot. Oh, um, that's right. So yeah, but like Joe Martin Doctor, I would usually just call it. And I love that the Doctor can have like a, a, a conversation with her own reflection. Is, yes. You know, it's a very doctory thing. Yes, that's right. I did wonder how they were communicating. Yeah, it's, it's basically the fact that like they're, they're a little bit more spatially and temporally aware so they could just sort of go, hang on, something's not right here. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was really cool. I thought it was a good thing. And we're getting a little bit more backstory for what was even up with that version of the Doctor and, and why she might have lost a lot of her memories. So uh, I thought that was really cool. Well, they, they were talking about the division, weren't they? I, I didn't write that on my list. Yeah, well, sort of that, that, were... well, that was the division that we see. And, and we see, um, I didn't write this down in the list, but we see Carvanista, we see the, the dog man in a very fun little inversion uh dan is taking his role oh yeah so hang on so was that suggesting that the carvinista was in the yeah 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 so so that was that they're all standing so that they they weren't there initially it was three other people and carvinista was one of them oh that's right because the doctor was saying like you know me or something to the dog and yeah 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 exactly yeah i I know you yeah yes exactly yeah i've forgotten already i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) terrible Um, terrible Yeah, I mean, the, the, the conceit is that they're being, like, hidden in various time streams and they're all sort of taking each other's places in, in yes. memories, you know, yes. old, old timelines, which, as I, as I joked at the start, was because they didn't want to bring more actors onto the set during COVID. But, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun conceit. Yeah, but also, just, cool. like, a quick spin-off tangent. Yes. So the Lupari are supposed to be species-locked. Uh, and yes, that, they that, have that's a human. unclear how, yeah. They all have a human. So why, and if Dan didn't exist, if we're assuming Dan didn't exist way mm. back when the Doctor was being the Joe Martin Doctor back in time, how did Carvanista, like, do they just re- get new humans? So when an old human dies, they, <laughs> well, maybe. they get a new human? <laughs> like when you have a dog and the dog dies, you just get a new dog? Maybe, maybe they Is live that- for as long as a human lives comparative to a dog on Earth. Who knows? I don't sure, think that I don't think that level of detail was gone into when this was being written. Yeah, but the, but my point is is that there there are seven billion humans now, but there didn't used to be. So they've had to breed more Carvanistas to keep up with the humans. One assumes if they have one each. Sure. But also, how then? Like, did he know that he was going to be Dan? Let's move on. I'm I'm obviously freaking myself out. <laughs> I'm in my um, own time storm, Stu. Indeed, indeed. It's almost like this doesn't hold up to scrutiny. Um, (laughs) So the next next item on my list is uh, space versus time. Uh, We get a very interesting, which is I can't decide whether it's brilliant or ridiculous. I Um, want to talk to uh, Greg Guar from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast. (laughs) Possibly Dan as well. I'm not sure, but but Greg is actually a, a physicist. No, no shade to Dan, but sure, yeah. Greg has spent a lot of time reading books about physics and space and time and other stuff that I don't understand. So 
you know, whenever I've heard of space time, it's it's space mm. and time. But yes. now this is space versus time. Uh, yes, There's exactly. Some sort of intergalactic world series. I guess it wouldn't be a world series, would it? <laughs> be an intergalactic series where you have to pick a side, and the ravagers are on the side of time, and they don't like space. Is that right? Or are they on the other? Yes. Well, and, and this is <laughs> there the was thing. a lot of stuff I, that was being said, and, and just to back you up, there was a lot of stuff that was being said. It's like ah, space. Space is, I cannot conquer time. Ah. Time will have it. And I was like, am I supposed to understand this? Because it kind of sounds like gibberish. It is a a credit to uh, the actor playing Storm that I I just buy it. Like, like he's having so much fun with it. Yeah. Um, I I actually just buy in, but it it is nonsense, Um, (laughs) even by Doctor Who standards. And can I just say, like, I I made this joke on Twitter today. Um, after I'd watched the episode. But oh, I haven't seen I your will... tweets. I'm well, always so this, diligent well, about finding your tweets. This is the thing. I, I, I said that it's it's the most chibnal thing ever that he suggests that there's a war between space and time. <laughs> and the Doctor, who is one of the most famous time travelers in pop culture, is on the side of space. <laughs> right? Like, that is the most chibnal thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, that sums up his approach to writing this show. I mean, to be fair, the Doctor does travel through space. I lot. mean, sure. But, you know, which, which factor in, that, in, that, in those two things tends to dominate, Natalie? Okay, Stu, I can sense you're very passionate about this. I'm going to agree and nod politely and back away slowly. I'm just like, I'm just like, for for the love of God, why would you? And I mean, like, maybe it's being done for dramatic irony, and that that will play out over the next three episodes. And if so, great, I'll happily eat crow on that. But it's like that just feels like Chibnall not thinking through his own idea. Um, <laughs> the fact that the Doctor, the Doctor, <laughs> the famous time traveler. Guardian of Time is uh, <laughs> fighting on the side of space in this particular conflict. It Having said that, strange to me. can I play Chibnall Advocate? Sure, yes. Because he is the devil. The Doctor did steal the TARDIS and has sort of rejected a lot of the culture of Gallifrey and Time Lords. Sure. So maybe the argument is that, yes, the Doctor is, is more on the side of space because the Doctor doesn't like all the time cult stuff that the Gallifreyans seem so big on, including those fancy uniforms that we saw Timothy Dalton wear. I think you're being far too generous, but I'll go with it. I'll go with it. That's a possible that's a possible solution. Who knows? Oh, continue with your list. This is fun. Um, yeah. So anyway, so we, we get a lot a lot of backstory in this episode, a lot of a lot of potential answers or, or teased answers to questions. We're starting to get a clearer idea of what was actually going on. Except then we get the next item on my list, which is the cosmic gardener. The Doctor pops into a strange room with a sweet old or, or a slightly ornery old lady who gives her a good telling off and says, is, is that uh, you know, what the hey, character you can... is called, Cosmic Gardener? No, well, that, that's just what I'm calling her because oh, it, right. it looked like she was doing a little bit of pruning, um, oh, which I would see. be interesting. I think she, I'm, I'm looking here, she was billed as Orsok, A-W-S-O-K. It's played by an actress called Barbara Flynn, who's been A-W-S-O-K. In, uh, Backwards, yeah. that's Coswa. I always, that's my first thing with Doctor Who names. Yep, yep is absolutely. Is to spell them backwards. Look for it backwards, yep, absolutely. It's a good, good instinct, good instinct. And then is the it next an anagram one is anagram. Yeah, the next yep. one is an anagram. <laughs> um, was okay? <laughs> maybe, yeah, that's... sure, maybe. <laughs> Sawak, so, Sawak, walk as, walk as. Well, I mean, you know. Dan How are you was cooking dinner? a wok last last episode. He was. Maybe the door ties in. This goes all the way to the top. It, the, it walks all the way down. <laughs> oh, now I'm um, hungry for a stir fry. Yes, exactly. But um, so so Orsok, uh, who I'm calling the Cosmic Gardener, told the Doctor that she needs to. Can uh, I, the, the universe needs to end. Basically, do you know what? Can I say? Mm. You know how they had like the Doctor and the Master, and they had the Librarian, which was Tom Baker, in that very confusing cameo. The gardener would make a sensible Time Lord name. It it sure would. Yeah, absolutely. It would make Um, it really appropriate, like you're doing a little bit of tending here. Yeah. You know, you pick up and travel with some hose. You get your hands dirty, put some mulch down. (laughs) You plant your seeds. Cosmic cosmic mulch, space mulch. Space mulch, Mm. cosmic seeds, Mm. plant, a bit of water, a bit of uh, 
Sea Soul. Ah, don't put out, forget pull out your Seasol. Sonic Trowel. Sonic Trowel. That's uh, also the nickname for the Doctor's penis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. When the Doctor had a penis or if the Doctor has a penis, I don't know, does the Doctor even have the same stuff downstairs that humans have? He's got two hearts. Do they have two of everything? I don't know. I'm not <laughs> shaming. I'm not kink shaming. I'm not biology shaming. You do you, Doctor. I'm just suggesting that maybe the cosmic guard, like the gardener as a Time Lord, would be mm. a little bit sexier, you know, all that uh, sure. stuff, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, do, I get the sense. I get the sense that the character is a little bit beyond Time Lords, though, which is interesting. Is she, is she on a, on a different level? Yeah, um, very much. Very much seemed like she was, you know, on the Great British Bake Off or something, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and Jodie Whittaker had just turned in a particularly disappointing flan. Yeah. She, yeah, she, she was complaining about its soggy bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and again, back to the genitals. Um, moving. <laughs> Moving right along. The next item on my list was the Doctor in the Time Stream, which I thought was... Great uh, band name. Great Doctor band in the Time name. Stream. Absolutely. I thought was good weird. Um, You've got like her suspended in the in the time storm yep, uh, a talking lot of, to three giant Maury. A lot of uh, wire work for Jodie Whittaker in yeah, this Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of days. I, okay, I do Jody, feel sorry for her, yeah. We're going to string you up and then just talk at the camera and look a bit frightened. And, yeah, so you've uh, got to panicked. get through about 10 pages of exposition. Um, yes. So go. We're going to uh, really yes. hook up that, um, uh, the you know, harness. We're just going to really hike it up there. <laughs> Hope you haven't overeaten today. Um, it's the good weird that I want this version of the show to be. I, I actually really enjoyed all that stuff, even though a lot of it is very sort of ham-fisted and, and very clunky in terms of like writing and, and delivery, but... You know, I, I like the Doctor falling through a time storm, talking to three giant golden women. Like, I, I think that's that's exactly the sort of weird that this version of the show should be doing more of. So I'm really I, glad it's sort of leaning into it at this late stage. You probably have this on your list, but it seems like a good point to raise. Can I then take the step and believe that you probably would have enjoyed the random but slightly dodgy swarm of blue flies slash wasps or well, time I mean, particles that kind of came in as like a sure very I, very dodgy I didn't like hate almost them. charmingly so that was uh, that felt very retro Doctor it was, Who it was a oh very it was such a bad effect it almost felt deliberately bad and yet I wonder <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering because like I was saying last episode they they had in, in the last episode, they had one of the best effect shots the show has ever done, I think, when the Sontaran ship crashed into the other ships. I thought that was yes. incredible looking. And then you get this episode where you get some poorly rendered Daleks floating through a forest and like what looks like something that, that's been knocked up in, in After Effects, you know, like a, a weird swarm of particles. Like they didn't even create like a creature for that one. It's just like blue speck, like literally blue dots that are floating around. I wonder if that was deliberate or not. It, I, I don't know. I'm going to say no, but let's be generous and say yes. Ha having said that, <laughs> it is, well, that, that's true. And it is Doctor Who. So like ropey effects are nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. I felt like it was paying homage to the true, wonderful, ropey effects of yes. Yeah. Like, can't you imagine John Pertwee sort of running around a yes, absolutely, know, I can. some yeah, sort absolutely. of British army base, going, "Oh no, look a swarm!" And they've used some sort of dodgy someone in a in a in a ghillie suit or something, and then they've added on something in post. <laughs> Ooh, spooky. Yes, exactly. No, that, that's a very good point. The next item on my list is uh, Yaz gets yelled at a lot again. The Doctor does a lot of yelling at Yaz in this episode. Oh, yeah. And, and at the very frankly, end, like, does everything have to be a discussion? Yeah, I know. And it's yeah. like, um, that's not cool, Doctor. Yeah. The Doctor does nothing but regularly crap all over Yaz. Just she loves it, though. It's an it's well, abusive relationship. It really is. It's really, it really is. It's not yeah. good. But I wonder, though, I mean, is it something that they can do because it's two women as opposed to if it was a man doing it to a woman, it might, the overtones might be, is it able to be more of a character thing like the doctor being an asshole as opposed to the doctor being a misogynist? Does that make sense? If it was a guy, if it was it, David it Tennant going, can you shut up now, please? You'd be like, what a fucking asshole. But when it's a woman, you're like, oh, okay, this this doctor's being really problematic, Like, but it's not a misogynistic thing. It's a It's a... This doctor's just being a bit of a prick. Sure, I, I think it reads that way because because of that because of that reason. I think some of the sting is taken out of it. Having said that, I don't think that's where Chibnall's head is at. I think if he was writing for a male doctor, he would write the thing exactly the same. 
Well, that's probably true. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't think I don't think that's where his head is at. He just th- he's thinking of like, you know, he oh, I need to create conflict here. So like, I'll have the doctor be mean to Yaz. Except that's the one trick he always seems to pull is that the doctor is mean to Yaz, and it's like, why would Yaz stick around? Like, because she loves got, it. What would, she's got she what would the doctor do written on her hand? Like. You know, yell at what me. would the doctor That's, do? Yeah. Yell at myself. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. What would the doctor do? Like, do the right thing, otherwise the doctor will yell at me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tell me off for being a bit shit. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I, I uh, you know, leave leave Yaz leave Yaz alone. Um, leave Yaz alone. Hasn't 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 uh, Britney boy been uh, vindicated? I mean, he has. She's free yeah. now, isn't she? She's yeah. finally. She's free, free of the shackles of uh, her her father's uh, conservatorship. Good on you, Brittany. I suspect she will give a big two fingers up to everyone and take all her money and go and lie on a beach for the next forty years. And, and good for her. Why not? Why not? Why not? Amazing, amazing story. The old it's Brittany. incredible, and, and and with a Doctor Who connection because obviously uh, the the song Toxic featured in the second episode of the revived series. Absolutely did. It's it's the last song they play at the end of the universe, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's end, it exactly. End of the planet Earth. Listen to the to the ancient song of my people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was very funny at the time. It, it was. It was I a mean, great it's, reference. It's still funny now, but because Toxic is now, you know, 15 years old or a bit lo- older, it's funny in a different way. Yeah, at the time exactly. it was like, oh, it's so topical. Now it's like, oh, my God, that's so retro. That, that's the Britney Spears song we would be <laughs> going with. And then the last item on my list was Love is the Only Mission, Idiot, which was a line I genuinely love. I actually really do like that line. I really Aww, liked. You're I really a sentimentalist, liked. aren't you? Sue? I am a I am a massive sucker for that stuff every you're single a bit time. Softy. I sure am. I um, yeah. Oh, oh, see, this is where I show my inner <laughs> Cyberman heart full of sure. Uh, I, just, oh, <laughs> I just I felt it was a lot. Well, look, I mean, it, it's a lot to be introducing a new character at this point in the yeah. story. And um, someone who's so kick-ass that she can take down, you know, a whole troop of yeah, Cybermen yeah. just by firing some guns that are going, um, convert this, bang, bang, bang. And I was like, <laughs> see the dudes in front of you, lady. They're completely robotic. They have had all emotion. <laughs> They've had all personality drained of them and leaving them like lifeless husks powered by hate and whatever. They could still come up with a better rejoinder than convert this. Okay, you need to work on your puns. You need to work. If you're not going to get the pun right, just go, screw you. Like just yell yell out, just swear at them. Don't try to give me your funny little like, we'll convert this because it just, the Cybermen, they didn't die because you shot them. They gave up because they were disappointed. Because that (laughs) was a very silly joke to make (laughs) at that time. It wasn't witty enough. It was, you know, it's what my dad says when I say, hey, dad, could you give me a lift to the shops? And he goes, I'll lift you to the shops. <laughs> you know that thing that dads say where they don't? Sure. Can I'm I borrow 20 bucks? Format, yes. I'll 20 bucks you. You know, they sort of just take what you've asked for and then use it as a veiled threat against your sure. person. That's yes. what she was doing. It was a dad joke. He was like, <laughs> convert organic life firm. Convert well, this. Well, <laughs> it, was a, it was a mum joke. Oh, yeah, because she's about 12 years old and pregnant, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, are they human? That hasn't really been well, established if they're human. No, exactly. But yeah, also, yeah, it's how, not... what's the time that we're talking about? Because Vinda's been out in space. Exactly. He's in the far but, future, I thought. In but the then far also, future. But, he but had then given... She... She, can, I just, can I just finish you? This is very important. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you get it out. Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> Working with you, Stu, sometimes, I swear to God. Uh, no, I'm joking very much. Uh, I wouldn't podcast with anyone else because no one will have me. Stu has very low standards. <laughs> the whole thing about Vinda is that we establish in the first episode that he's been out at the edge of space for like some yeah. huge amount of time because he's filing his 750,000th report. Yes. So say he's doing a report every hour. That's still a lot of reports. It's still a lot of time. And so the good thing that this episode does do is kind of show us how he got to be there, how he was, what he did to get sentenced to, you know, whoop whoop, the space sure, equivalent yeah, yeah. of whoop whoop. But somehow she's pregnant and, like, not visibly pregnant, so yeah. very early pregnant. But he's been out in sp- – Vinda, it's not your kid. I'm sorry, Belle, whatever your name I- is. You, you've told yourself a lie. <laughs> okay? Do you, know, do you know what? I guarantee you they will lean on the fact that time isn't working properly to justify that. Oh. 
I, I bet you, or they just will never, it's a plot hole that, that never occurred to anyone in the production. Yeah, team. or they do that thing where then they'll have the baby grow up real fast, which, you know, let's oh. be face, let's face it, Xena did it first, everyone else has just copied since. <laughs> and and every single soap opera. Oh, well, okay, fine, Stu. Jeez, I have to be brought up with <laughs> Questioned by Stu for all my oh god, working with Stu sometimes. People, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You're right. It's very much a soap opera trait that actual TV shows started to do, and uh, we're all the worse for it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> In- including, I mean, technically, including Doctor Who. We've seen a baby grow up very quickly on this uh, show before. Have we? Uh, yes, we have. Yeah. Oh, which one was that? Uh, River Song. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. That was a whole thing. That was a whole thing. Did, did that ever sort of really pay dividends? Did people kind of go, oh, yeah, okay, she's Amy and Rory's, um, oh, sorry, spoiler, uh, Amy and Rory's <laughs> daughter grown up who marries the daughter. Do- I mean, it's a little it's a little weird, isn't it? The- it's, it's extremely weird. It's, it's twisty, it's turny, bit, timey-wimey for its own sake. It's, it's a little bit Twilight because you know the thing about Twilight yeah. where she has a vampire baby that then like mm-hmm. the werewolf falls in love with yep. because it's some sort of linking or some sort of psychic connection that a uh, ostensibly a grown man slash werewolf falls in sure. love with a tiny newborn baby. <clears throat> it's a Not little a bit problem like a, at all. Not a problem at all. Babies are hot. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Cut this entire scene. Just, just, no, take, take no, it out I'm and not. Burn it, Natalie. I'm not because because that is clearly a joke, and that is of what course this, it's a joke. But yeah, Jesus of course Christ. it's a joke. But Stu, it's that level of hard humor that will actually that will actually make the Cybermen die. <laughs> not convert this, okay? She, it just random non sequitur. She screams out, <laughs> "Babies are hot!" as she like fires a laser at them. <laughs> Okay, sure. She might need a few more sections for context. <laughs> oh, Lordy, what sorry. What are we um, talking about? I'm finished my list, by the way, so please have at it. Okay, okay. <laughs> just before I start my list, because one thing I just realised as we were talking that you haven't mentioned on your, your list because I realised, oh, Stu might mention this, I didn't mention it on my list, but apparently the Daleks are back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like. They just kind of turn up, yeah, I mean, wander I'm around sure, a bit. Yeah. And then it's sort of remarked on, oh, there's a Dalek sector and a Cybermen sector and a Sontaran sector. Uh, coincidentally, the three biggest, I guess, villain, alien, clone races. They're all clones, yeah, aren't they? It's, it's a real problem with cloning. Daleks aren't clones all the time, no. <laughs> um, but uh, I, did li- I did like the fact that they are the three sort of expansionist races who would probably try and claim power in any sort of post-apocalyptic universe sort of thing yes. like I, I, li- I like that they were they're, they're the sort of strong expansionist aliens who would like try and take over as much as they could yeah it makes sense they're the british empires of the uh galaxy sure yeah but i just thought that was funny that you didn't mention it and i didn't mention it in my list i just happened to think of it and i wrote a note to go i wonder if you no, mentioned well, because it doesn't mean anything and it doesn't really have it any was, sort of again thing. again it was more just like hey you know what's called cool? the daleks let's throw in a shot of the yeah. daleks has anybody got any Daleks lying around the studio? No, it's because it's COVID. We can just have everyone in the Dalek. They're automatically socially distanced. This is the great thing about Daleks. They don't have to worry about COVID. <laughs> They're totally protected from COVID. You can't sneeze out your plunger. That, that's you very can't, true. You can't transmit. No no Daleks are shaking hands and touching mouths. Anyway, I'll get on with my uh, minute challenge. <laughs> uh, the first thing I wrote was, <clears throat> I need to take a breath. When you need plot device, not just one will suffice. That's Samori. <laughs> Very well done. Very well done. <laughs> I don't even know what I meant by that. It just started playing in my head. And I had to write it down. I wrote, well, I'm confused a bit. So Vinda has a girlfriend and it's important because dot, 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 love question mark sure I, I mean look you know i've i've put I up guess with it's worse to, for less i guess it's to give vinda motivation like his character has a motivation but also the way that they framed the story now of him being kind of he was standing up for the truth he sure, was standing yeah. up for this you know because as i said to you and i wrote this down here craig parkinson is the bad guy he's literally called the grand serpent 
great serpent. Grand yes. serpent? Yeah. Supreme serpent. Top serpent. Because, you know, that's what you want to call your supreme leaders is the serpent. Yeah, that's right. You know what's going to work well with this name of the serpent? If I just wear a suit with an embroidered golden serpent on it. That's it. It's branding. It's branding. And nobody's going to not know who I am. He's the bad guy, as, as predicted by me, because he's Doc Cotton from Line of Duty, not that I'm obsessed. Uh, <laughs> every time he spoke, I just laughed because I was picturing him in Line of Duty interrogating Outlaw Motorcycle, and I just was waiting for him to go, how long have you been with the OCG? What has the chiz been telling you? So I just, Line of Duty is great. I just wish that the Aphoria, uh, <laughs> Aphorians, who were clearly extras. <laughs> I did like the <laughs> Sorry, yep. this is this is playing a bit meta, but they had like two black actors, socially distanced, dressed beautifully, but yes. no lines. Just you don't speak, you're just gonna sit there and listen to the white man talk at you. <laughs> That's right. I mean, there was some metaphor in there, but anyway. So yeah, so I, they gave him kind of an interesting backstory and going, Oh, his honor, he was being honorable. He was told to disable a recording and in that moment heard the Supreme Leader going off book and saying, I will do this alliance as long as you kill my political opponents. And he decided mm. to make an actual report that went through and that resulted in him being uh, exiled, basically. Yeah, that's exactly. interesting. Look, no, sure, bring in his girlfriend, that's fine. But they've given him a backstory that's, I think, interesting enough without love. Like- sure, yeah, exactly. I mean, well, I mean, he gave up or he, he knew the risk was that he might not get to see her again. Yeah, which I think is the point of that. But but yeah, you're right. Like I mean, like they they've painted him as a a strongly moral uh, yes. person, which is good. That's that's yeah. good. It's good to know. And that's that was possibly enough. But anyway, now he's been dropped back on his home planet, and he's walking around going, "Where are you?" Which I know also, you'll I've, be here. I know I, you'll I've be seen. Here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've seen people say, and I agree with it. Is the the flux seems to be one of those things that will either like disintegrate your planet. Or leave the buildings kind of like dilapidated looking, you know, like it's like it's like oh the flux must yes. come right through here. It's like well, why isn't the planet in like specs? Right. What are you talking about? We've seen it yeah. like devour worlds. It's basically like a really bad cyclone. That's what the flux yeah. is. Yeah, cyclone flux. It's cyclone flux. Oh yeah, no, we had cyclone flux, so we oh most people cleared right out. I'm just stayed behind to you know rob corpses. Uh, <laughs> why they call me corpse robbing Tim <laughs> I did it before the flux and I'm not leaving now there's a lot more corpses to rob that's why they call me corpse robbing Tim that's right oh the flux was right through here oh the whole thing no I just went down in the basement it was fine uh, but everyone else seemed to die <laughs> they didn't go inside really stupid when you think about it <laughs> probably could have survived if they could have just gone inside a few of them banged on my basement door, but I said, no, 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 no. Get your own basement. I'm corpse robbing Tim. <laughs> I'm coming for you later. You don't, you don't want what's down here. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff, though. There's a lot of high-quality gear that I've robbed from corpses. <laughs> it's only going to get better in about mm, eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't even that didn't I didn't even pass that, but you're absolutely right. It's the flux. Planet destroying eating. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like also, or, or it will throw you through time if the basically whatever the plot needs it to do, it will yeah. do that. Like it's in a very, very in a very blatant way, and it's like, ah, oh, come on, man. It's really, really useful, isn't it? It's it very, sure very, is. Yeah, it's very useful. What else did I write? The Mori are really great at throwing their voices. I think they're excellent. Uh, what's that? <laughs> ventriloquists. Um, ventriloquists. Yeah, they sort of stand there looking. But again, I wonder if that's a COVID thing. Like, is it just easy to have the actors do their lines away from other people? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Timeline craziness, I wrote. Joe Martin Doctor was fun. Ravagers, exclamation mark. Mm -hmm. The Passengers are basically like a jail for people's spirits or Well, yeah, like a a holding facility. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're just a person that can suck in a whole bunch of um, people. Well, Some, they're, they're not even a person. They're like a, a vessel. And, yes. And you store millions they're of a, people in, in They're them. an ark. They're an ark. Sure. That's what they are. Yeah. Which is sort of at the same time an incredibly interesting idea and also like a weird disappointment because it's like 
last week we get set up. Here's this guy, like this huge, imposing guy, like with with the two of them. It's like, oh, who is he? What what's he going to be? And it's like, oh, nothing. He's an empty shell. Um, he's a plot device, is what yeah. he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, oh, okay, good. I'm sure. Whatever. Um, now, was it just me, or was the swarm in the past look different to the swarm in the present? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was the old swarm that we saw. Yeah, at, at the so very, in the very first episode before he was like yes. renewed. Yes, that's yeah. what I was trying to remember. So he he gave himself a facelift. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in something that looked very much like regeneration, and he referred to as a renewal. Right. Um, he changed his appearance. Okay. And it's yeah. interesting because um the 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 doctor sort of tells them that they will either be put in like a stasis prison for the duration of the of the universe or they'll be have their identity shifted or something yes erased 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 and so obviously swarm got put in the stasis prison and azura got identity shifted and that's where she was identity shifted to the arctic to the arctic for some reason with with a guy who i mean was that was that just some random human man or was he a was he a time agent person i don't know because if if she had a she was scared yeah she saw the thing coming she seemed to know what it was and and he he knew what it was Mm. Uh, very weird anyway yeah anyway (laughs) but i thought it was clever that (laughs) that they did they said aha the doctor's like we just do the same thing again that's how we beat them and it's like you didn't think that they would factor that in i'm glad that they did that because i wasn't even something that necessarily occurred to me because i'm not that quick when watching these shows things don't really happen in my brain that fast but of course i was like yeah of course if you've if you've been if if you've had a great plan and it's been foiled by one thing the next time you attempt that great plan again you're going to work out how to you're going to plug the vent on the death star is what you're going to do yes that's right exactly you're going to plug that freaking vent Uh, and so I was really glad. And I was like, yeah, of course they would work out a different way. So in the present, it would be different. But how did they get out of it? How did they get out of it again? How did it, it just ended with them walking slowly to the TARDIS. I can't remember what happened. So in the past, the, the Mori came out of the passenger, right? And just, you know, saved, saved everything. And yes. he did that. And in the present, the doctor asked the Mori to do the same trick, basically. So to hide in the passenger. Yes. And come out and take the spots again. And so once they'd done that, Azura and Swarm left pretty arbitrarily after taunting Dan with the fact that they'd kidnapped Di. Oh, that's right. And he said, I've got to go get her. And she's like, no, no, she's not there. Yeah, she's like, I'll (laughs) I'll fix this, I promise. But, you know, we got to go now. And then they Mm. just sort of ambled off to the TARDIS. Yeah, they did. They really did amble. And the doctor was looking all a bit sort of struck. I, I did like, though, when she was back in time telling them off and what's going to happen to you, it was switching between her and Joe Martin. Yeah, yeah, because obviously, like, the the idea is it, it is the Joe Martin doctor yes, uh, who's yes. doing that big speech. And it, it feels more like the Joe Martin doctor and obviously um, Jodie Whittaker's, like, playing it as her, which is great. Like, we get to see mm-hmm. her play a lot. She... Jody, this is a real showcase for Jodie Whittaker this episode, actually, because yeah, like she yeah. gets to do a bit more of that sort of you know forceful doctory sort of thing. Yeah. But then also, um, it's a, a bit, bit of more... a bastard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but also um, she gets to play uh, Yaz's talky uh, cop friend in the in the car, which was quite fun. Oh yeah, with the um, and there was some reference there to Satsumas, which yeah, was like, like this, this big old monologue. Wasn't um, David Tennant says with Satsumas? Sure, that yeah, there. that maybe yeah. that's a Tennant reference. He was like Satsuma. It's a comedy word. It's a comedy word. Yeah. Well, it's funnier than a mandarin or a tangerine. A satsuma. <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought that was I thought she got some fun stuff to do this this episode. Yeah. What else did I have on my list? Oh, angels have the TARDIS, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, suitably dodgy blue flies. We mentioned that. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um I mentioned Craig Parkers and the Servant. Oh, and Vinda knows what a TARDIS is. He's heard stories about what a TARDIS is. Yeah, and knows it can get him home. And so then he goes home and even Dan says, it's lost cause, mate. I can't do my Liverpudlian accent. There's my get in. I need my get in phrase. What are you doing, la? What are you doing? It's a lost cause, la. It's a lost cause. Come back in the TARDIS. 
told us we'll go get Diane. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, Liverpudlians listening. I am trying, but it's um, <laughs> the more I try, the harder it is. It's you know, I'm grasping. The harder I try to grab it, the more it slips away. Um, You're right, though, because I think every single person in this has like a regional accent, except for, I think Vinda has like a, just an estuary accent. But uh, everyone else, yeah, everyone yes, else slightly, has. It, it's not. It's not received British. You know, it's still. Yeah, and it's not Cockney well, either. It's something. Yeah, it's and Bell is Northern Irish, I think. Yes, I'll he yeah, she is. I'll find yeah. you. I'll come find you. Uh, it's not because I was watching a documentary about the Omar bombings the other day, getting into my Northern <laughs> Irish accent. Uh, Sinn Féin, IRA, real IRA bombings down the town. Sorry, I'm not trying to dismiss the Omar bombings, which was a terrible, terrible <laughs> event, but that was what I was watching and I was trying to learn the Northern Irish. Sure, yeah. trying to get it in my head again because it's such a good one. I was like, there's evil people doing these crimes. Like, do you know what? I'm trying to get into I want to get my accent skills back. I used to well, be can, so good. You can come at it accent. from. Um, well, I mean, you, I mean, uh, there, there's uh, Dairy Girls is the is the good one to sort of I, get into. Yeah, I need to watch that because. Oh, you really do? Have you not watched it? No, I've not watched Dairy Girls. But didn't yeah, I tell you that it's great? Didn't I tell you how I turned down going to a nightclub with the Dairy Girls? Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> Have I told that on the podcast? I can't um, remember. I can't remember. Yeah, we were in Scotland and we went to see The Guilty Feminist, which, of course, my friend Deborah Francis-White, who's amazing, and, you know, her podcast has, I mean, it's not many more view- listeners than our more, podcast. A few more just, than us. Yeah, just a, a few, few more than yeah. us. I think they're up to, like, 60 million downloads or something. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so not a, far a couple behind. Yeah, we're, we're not, we're far, not far behind. Off. But So she was doing The Guilty Feminist, Edinburgh Fringe, and uh, they were doing The Secret Policeman's Ball, and we went along with the Dairy Girls with the guests, and they did some sketches and anyway we ended up at the after party chatting with Deb and the Dairy Girls were there it was like chat 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 and they're like oh we're going to a club now and Amy and I were like going clubbing with the Dairy Girls getting fish and chips and going back to the flat (laughs) well it was like 2am by that point and we had all our stuff with us from the show and we'd sort of like we'd done the show then we'd gone to the gig which was like a four-hour show and then we'd been at the after party for two hours and it was like oh we're real tired (laughs) <laughs> and, and I was like, I was not totally against it until we saw the club and it was so packed. And I was like, we've got like, we're carrying stuff from the show, like big bags of stuff. Yeah. It's going to be really awkward. And we've heard really good things about this fish and chip shop that's just across the road. <laughs> you know, we haven't had fish and chips yet in Scotland. We haven't like a proper chippy. Let's get that. And we went back to the flat. It was the right call. Sure. It's not like yeah. I would have ended up doing shots with the Dairy Girls. Like we would have gotten separated. Uh, yeah. We were having a bit of a chat because we were telling them about how we were there doing a show. It was like, oh, great, what are you doing? But they wouldn't have been very interested in us, you know, beyond, you know, getting in there. Well, you never know. I mean, they, they seem nice. Oh, they did seem very nice. I'm sure I would have ended up <laughs> dancing with the one who's in Bridgerton. She seemed like a laugh. But, yeah. Stu, fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> it was real good fish and chips. That's like true. I mean, proper, at the end of the day, yeah. Proper English chips. Like the problem was Proper that, Scottish fish and chips. Yeah, proper. And and the thing is that is that I'd had chips at other places because stew, hot chips, like Yeah. That's it's it. a key food group for me. And they just they were that sort of wet, slightly too like undercooked a bit and I hadn't had a good time with hot chips in Edinburgh. And then we had this and I felt I felt redeemed. I felt whole. <laughs> I felt like finally I'd achieved what I wanted out of a good, proper Scottish chippy. And, um, yeah, don't no regrets. Yeah, fair enough. Next time, Dairy Girls. Next time. That's it. Hey, As they should maybe if they'd brought fish and chips, you would have hung out. Well, if they did suggested, let's all go to the chippy together. Except <laughs> you, the, the, well, the problem was the chippy was just takeaway. There were no tables there. It was very much right. everyone was just lining up, getting stuff, and, gra- you know, getting a cab and going home, which is what we did with our delicious fish and chips but if they'd said hey let's all get fish and chips and come back to our hotel i would have been like sure i'll go eat fish and chips with the dairy girls they seem to know what kind of battered seafood works well what was i talking about <laughs> northern irish accents northern yeah. irish accents so yes. that you're right i would have got a better insight into the northern irish accent if i had gone partying with the dairy girls that night hmm. But then I would have the story that, like, oh, this one time I went partying with the Dairy Girls, which would have been fine. Um, <laughs> but doesn't it sound way more interesting that I was like, nah. I said no. I said, I said no, no and I went girls. and got fish and chips instead. I went and got fish and chips. It wasn't the fact that I'm probably 15 years older than the Dairy Girls and they had a lot more <laughs> youth and energy than me. But, uh, no, it's not that at all. I can rage on. <laughs> 
Don't you worry about that, Stu. <laughs> Laura and I were in an accent. She was like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Convert this. Convert this. Yeah, this like this bus. Uh, Norn Irish, Norn. You don't you don't pronounce necessarily a T. Norn Irish, Norn Irish. She she said something, and I was like, I almost didn't get that, and like I almost didn't understand what she was saying. And I'm normally pretty good with yeah, she's those like, things. I love you too. I love you too. I'm gonna come find you. I'll find you. I will be together. I'll be wherever some, you I, need to I, be. I forget exactly what she said. There was some line she said where I, I it was it was when she was questioning the the Cyberman. And I was like, oh, I did not get that. I did not understand what she just said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he really seemed to stay alive for a lot longer than I would have thought, having just been shot or something. Sure, yeah. I mean, given that all the others killed over with one shot. Yes. And then that, that Cyberman is just there going, you know. I must report your mission. I, I must I will, report yeah. your mission. It's like, do you, though? D- does he need to know your mission? Or are you just taking this opportunity to have a bit of a ha, love is a battlefield kind of moment? Like, when you're young, dun, 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 heartache to heartache, we stand. <laughs> no promises, not a must. You know, she's just having a bit of a Pat Benatar moment. Sure. I don't know why I said that, Stu. I'm going a bit loopy. Um <laughs> It's all the Northern Irish accents oh, yes. to me. Speaking of which, I really want to watch that new Kenneth Branagh film that's coming out. Oh, which uh, one's Belfast? that? I haven't seen. Yeah, it's based on his own childhood. He's basically this is this is Kenneth Branagh for you. You know how everyone talks about Paul Rudd not aging? Yes. Go and check out Kenneth Branagh because he's tapped into whatever. Because I saw him on Stephen Colbert this week, and he looks he's like a few years younger than Steve. No, older than Stephen Colbert, mm. but he looks like fifteen years, twenty years younger. I don't know why he just he looks like Kenneth Branagh looks like he's forty five, but he's well above that. I think. And I was about to say he's in his sixties, isn't he? I think so. He doesn't look it. So he, as I said, he's you know everyone is distracted by Paul Rudd as a vampire. They're not seeing the Kenneth Branagh vampire connection. Anyway, so <laughs> like, he's made this film. That's just what he wants. Yeah, so he's made this film about how because he was a nine year old kid, he grew up in Belfast. And then the troubles hit in 1969 and he is this very definite moment, this is what he was telling Colbert, of how life just changed. All of a sudden everyone was fighting. Sure. And so he's written this story that it's, it's, Colbert was saying it's like the funniest thing and the saddest thing at the same time. He said it's like the mm. most Irish thing you can um, you can imagine. But what I love is that it, he's written it himself and it's kind of about his childhood and it's in black and white, or it starts off colour and it goes black. It's kind of like an anti-Wizard of Oz by the sounds. So this is what he does. This is Kenneth Branagh. It's like, oh, I've written a film about my life. Who will I get to be in it? Okay, well, to play my parents, I'm going to get Katrina Balfe, who's the chick from Outlander, sure. right? Great actor. Jamie Dornan, who, you know, for his sins did the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, but he's otherwise a good actor. I've seen him in other stuff and he's yeah. definitely good. Oh, who am I going to get to play my granddad? I'll just get Siren Hines. You know, he was in <laughs> yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Who am I going to get to get my, play my grandmother? I'll just get Judy Dench. Let's just get Judy Dench in here. Right, yeah, yeah. He'd know Judy. <laughs> yeah, of course he would. <laughs> the old friends. But that's what I love about someone like Kenneth Branagh. He just calls up people. Yeah. Just Hi, I'm Kenneth Branagh. I'm just doing this film. It's sort of about, you know, my childhood. And everyone's like, oh, sure, Kenneth, we'll come do that with you. Like, oh, to be Kenneth Branagh. Uh, <laughs> except for the part where he broke Emma uh, Thompson's heart for that he shall never be forgiven yeah we all know that the reason she was crying in Love Hate actually the way she is is because she was thinking about what Kenneth Branagh did to her <laughs> that's so, right just saying but but then um, he went and directed the first Thor movie so you know he's um he's all good in my book <laughs> <laughs> answering the age old question if what if Shakespeare wore funny costumes <laughs> well well, they do anyway. That's my, that's the joke. Yes, I, I think yes. I was trying. Sorry, I've, I've stepped all over that one. Come on, Stu, get with it. Um, no, I'm just joking. I'm joking. Back to my list, which I think I finished. Oh, I just wanted to wrap up with, or the last thing I wanted to ask your advice on, Stu, was this whole hmm. thing about the doctor trying to find out who she is. So th- this this was the first episode in the Flux series where they've, <laughs> where they've really been very specific about her trying to find out all about that timeless child stuff, which I know, Stu, that you're very yeah. passionate about. Oh, I, I, wanted, I just love it so much, Natalie. That's why I wanted to get you to weigh in. Mm. How she, if she'd just gone back, because they, they they solve it all and they're all back in their right time stream. She's like, no, I've got to go back. I must go back. I've got to find out. You don't know anything. I do. And I, I, I can find out who I am. 
if that was me, I'd be like, look, I don't want to know who I am. If my memory's been wiped, it's clearly for a good reason. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's because it's like I made if it. You're missing, it's if you're missing I, memories, that there's usually because, a good reason that that's happened. Yeah, it's this time that I made a joke about how babies are hot and um, <laughs> and that was ruled in like completely unacceptable to the human race. So my memories got wiped. And you know what? Good call. Good call. No one needs to remember that joke. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Stu, listen, in my defence, I left in the stuff about the Empire last week, you know, that you were worried I was going to get cancelled over. And I haven't been cancelled yet. No, that's fair enough. And, you know, given the number of listeners that we have, which is comparable to the guilty feminist with the 60 million downloads, Mm, you'd think that I would be cancelled by now. (laughs) I'm just surfing on through, (laughs) surfing on through. I'm just going to ride, you know, when people surf on the very crest of the wave before it breaks and you're just like, I'm going to ride this one into the beach before the wave of cancellation takes me down. (laughs) I'm just going to barrel roll over the cancellation. No, I'm I'm teasing. I don't think babies are hot. Wait, did I just say all babies are ugly inadvertently? (laughs) I'm allowed to make these jokes. Why? I don't know. I'm just allowed to. You're claiming claiming ownership over those jokes. That's right. I was an ugly baby and therefore I'm allowed to make. Um, no, I was a hot baby. I actually was a hot baby. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Can I just say, though, the English language, you can say babies are beautiful. Oh, what a lovely baby. What a beautiful baby. But you say a baby's hot. Say a baby's hot. And everyone looks at it and they ask you to leave the baby shower. <laughs> that baby is fit. <laughs> It's a simple word substitution. If you were to tell us, okay, you need to stop the recording. We'll redo this episode. (laughs) No, Stu, no. I refuse to be (laughs) sensitive. Look, if we can't laugh about hot babies, (laughs) well, quite frankly, the fact the fact that we are losing our minds trying to make hot baby jokes uh, suggests (laughs) that. Maybe this episode didn't quite grab us the way the first two did. It, you know what, though? It it did. I just got um, – I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Chris Chibnall and his body of work. Um, he's, he's Oh, a, I do. No, oh, okay then. <laughs> That's fine then. That's fine. <laughs> Look, people know I'm joking. People know I'm joking. These jokes, they're important. Sure, too. yes, exactly. Look, We have to hang on to our democratic right to make hot baby jokes. I, I just, I, I just feel, is, I feel the need to distance myself at this yeah, point. Yeah, I can feel that you're doing that, Stu. I feel like, oh, Stu's not going to want a podcast next week. He's going to be sick uh, for the next six years, and I'll be like, come on, Stu, let's podcast. We've got that Batman stuff to do, and he's like, oh god, <laughs> it's okay, Stu. I'm, I'm taking it all. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to blame you. I'll take it all on, Stu. It's, it's all on me. You're a good person. <laughs> Everyone knows that I'm the trash bag here, okay? <laughs> the dynamic is established. It is firm. You don't have to worry. <laughs> and with oh, that, dear, are dear. there any final remarks about the as, as we As we come limping home, um, look, um, I, I, actually, I actually did like this episode quite a bit, as much as I've sort of found every single flaw with it that I possibly could. <laughs> Um, I thought it was good. I, I thought it was it was fun. It was interesting. It was weird in that way that I want this era of the show to be weird. I really like it. It was not perfect, and it has some gaping plot holes that I really just need. I mean, basically, they're, they're not plot holes so much as they're just like negative space where plot, <laughs> I assume, will eventually be filled in. Anti-plot. Like it's, anti- it's anti-plot, exactly. It's like we're just waiting for these answers. Like a, a series of questions have been asked and we're now waiting for the answers. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll get some more next week because, I mean, this is the halfway point now. Yes. Uh, so next week, theoretically, we are on the downward slide and we're going to get some more action. And we're going to get some more Weeping Angels Weeping because Angels. it seems like we're going to the Claire storyline, which was set exactly. up in episode one and finding out how the angels come back into the whole Thing. Absolutely. In what having watched the the next time trailer feels very much like the Sontaran episode. In that I suspect they had a script ready for an Angels episode that they're now going to shoehorn into this. Yeah, everything's been shoehorned. Yeah, Stu. it it's, definitely feels that way. It's one <laughs> giant 
Cinderella shoe that's too big for the foot so you cut your toe off to make it fit. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I just wanted to add in there was a, a little scene that Dan had. He had a couple of scenes with Diane where it was, she was saying, why aren't you married? Ooh. And then he had a scene with the old guy, the the, the crazy builder guy from Liverpool. Yes, the eccentric tunnel man. Eccentric tunnel man who hilariously was wearing a top hat, had mutton chop sideburns and firing a laser gun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't sort of pick up on this during the episode, but it did occur to me afterwards so they're reliving their own timelines, right? Like, like, so that's the that's the conceit is that they're going through their own timelines, hidden them in their own timelines yeah. or their own memories. So that's past, suggests, present, or future. Or, I would argue uh, that you can't have a memory in the future. Well, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. I'm fine. Fine. <laughs> but what I found really interesting is that suggests that Dan is going to meet that guy in the tunnels again, doesn't it? Like, because he's, that's a memory from his time, his timeline. Or is he related to that guy in some way? And that's why they're kind of connected somehow. Is there some sort of something? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, or, or maybe like just for that one scene, the rules of the conceit of the whole thing, they just forgot about it. I'm not sure. But, but it suggests, I mean, it, the immediate thing that it, it occurred to me was that like, that's something that Dan hasn't done yet, that that's something in his future, that he's mm. going to be running through the tunnels with that guy. Yes, and um, he kept he kept being very um, obtuse, opaque. Ah, oh, what are you doing? He you don't speaks know. in nothing but yes. riddles in in a strange northern patois. That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> what he a does. beautiful summary, Stu. That's exactly what he does. Yeah, he just does nothing but talk in old timey slang and and says nothing. That, yeah. that character that character has never said a cohesive sentence in his entire time on screen. Tis true. Tis true. It's all been, uh, I'm a crazy old Liverpudlian building guy. The things would drive you mad, sir. Sometimes like, uh, I have in my head the things that, uh, I, if I just said the words in the right order, maybe we could resolve this quicker, but I can't. I must speak in riddles. I must, I must speak, speak in old timey riddles. I must speak in confusing manner like Blofeld in a prison. Sorry, that's a James Bond reference. You'll get it if you see the movie. It's not a spoiler. Blofeld just talks to himself a lot in the movie and everyone's like, what is he doing? He must be mad. Just just on the old guy, like I, I had thought that he looked a bit strange and I, I realised because I've been I've been looking up the, the cast uh, list to sort of look at names and, and character names and things like that and he's a much younger actor. So they've done him up in old man makeup, which is why he reads a bit strange on screen, oh, which nice. suggests that we are going to see him as a younger man uh, at some stage. Oh, yeah, possibly. The sexy young man. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that build. far, but, you know. <laughs> He's a hot He's, eccentric. Well, I mean, he is digging tunnels, Natalie, so, I mean, like. Hey, yeah, I've seen my Alfred Hitchcock. I know what tunnels mean. <laughs> you know what tunnels mean. Oh, yeah. Any, ever read a, a, any Bronte books? <laughs> Anything about tunnels in them? That's, that's what you know, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> they knew what they were talking about, those Brontes. They may never have had any experience, but they knew what they were missing out on. They knew what they were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were really good at guessing what they were talking about. <laughs> I guess that brings us to another end of Who's Raven On? If you would like to communicate with us, uh, you can call in. And ways you can do that uh, via Twitter is probably the easiest. I am at Girl Clumsy. My new account, my new Instagram account is at Hot Babies. <laughs> God damn I'm it, sorry, Stu. I had to do one more. I had to do what I couldn't resist. I have to grind that joke out now because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I'm just going to, it's going to come up in polite conversation and <laughs> so I just have to get it out of my You just system. have to exercise it from your, from your mind. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Sure. At Disco Stew is where you can find Stu and he always has very quality tweets. I love that um, my friend Chris, who when we, caught up and we watched the movie together the other night i have a yes. group of family and friends introduced uh, uh my friend krista stewart he's like oh yes i follow it on twitter it's always excellent content <laughs> <laughs> i love that thank, i love thank that. you thank you to chris if you're listening um I, I i'm i'm very embarrassed to say that i was i was extremely chuffed when he said that <laughs> i was like don't yeah. be embarrassed it's always good quality content 
Well, Disco Stew is always there's always a good tweet in in every uh, you know episode of Doctor Who or whatever we're watching at the time. There's always quality tweets coming out where Stew is very insightful, whereas mine tend to be like Bleh, emotions. Um, <laughs> Facebook.com/slash Natalie's Throne is the Facebook page, and as always. The people who count us the mostest, the bestest are my Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash girlclumsy. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to all of those people. I have uh, some fun stuff coming up, which has happened all of a sudden, the way that life is, which is great. And I'll be telling my Patreons about it uh, first and uh, hopefully getting them maybe a cheeky discount to something that's coming up. Woo, sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. So uh, you can check that out, patreon.com slash girlclumsy. Thank you to everyone who supports. And um, we will see you next week for episode four of The Flux. <laughs> so until then, as we always say, bye, fam. Bye, fam. Or in this case, it was bye, team. Yes. Bye, team. Bye, team. Does it mean anything? Probably not. No, probably not. No one involved gave much time. Um, which is sort of the motto for the entire Christian. <laughs> Thank you, Stu. We'll talk next week. I look forward to it, Matt. See you later, everyone. Bye, Sam.